Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron Sportsbook Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Ellen and Aaron. And a pleasant good evening to everybody. It is Friday, October 1st, 2021. Hard to believe we're already into the month of October here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk podcast. We are uh, here live tonight. Hopefully you're joining us, and if not, hopefully you're listening to us uh, later on at some point. So um, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, NFL football is in full swing in week four, and tonight we have a special guest. So Alan, uh, thank you for uh, being here with us tonight, and I want you to go ahead and introduce our special guest here this evening. Pleasure to be here tonight. I hope everybody's having a great Friday evening. Definitely, we got a special show tonight. We're going to be joined by Dr. Michael Hutchinson. He is the founder of Power Plus Mothguard, and he's going to share how his product reduces concussions in young athletes. Definitely, that's something that we're really excited to learn about and learn about him. So we have Dr. Hutchinson on the line. In fact, right now, let me bring him on the line. Hey, how you doing so far, Dr. Hutchinson? Good evening, everybody. It's good to be good here. How you feeling tonight? Oh, everything's good. I'm always good. <laughs> it's great it's to hear that. It's a beautiful day today in Michigan. You can't beat it. Yeah, so definitely. I said, what is the weather out like there in Michigan today? It was 80 degrees. I played uh, the Bear Golf Course designed by Jack Nicholson. Not Jack Nicholas, I'm sorry. And uh, it was wonderful, 80 degrees, sunny. Uh, the Lake Michigan was beautiful view, and uh, everything was great. Can't beat it. Wow. Wow, it sounds like you had a great day, and you played golf. So that's always a great thing, great weather. Not too hot, not too cold, too. No. And no wind, yeah. so, hey, you're good. <laughs> How often do you normally get a chance to get out there to play golf? Well, I'd, I'd like to go every week, but uh, between my dental office and, and all that I have to do with Power Plus Mouth Guard, I don't get out as much as I'd like to. So um, it's hard to improve my game, but it's just fun to do and relaxing to just be outside and and uh, see if you can hit the ball well. Yeah, definitely. That's always a great thing to do that, get a chance to – See if you hit them straight, you know, and uh, especially when it's, it's a, a game win. you can't win, that's for sure. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I mean, I know you mentioned you're busy with your, your service with the Power Plus Moth Guard. And explain to us a little bit about that. How did you have the vision to go ahead and start such a, a great product? Well, it's like I think any uh, impactful device or or part of our life that uh, just sort of, you know, kind of just comes to the surface and really didn't set out to discover a new technology and mouth guard uh, protection, but it came from treating temporal mandibular joint syndrome patients, people have migraines, headaches, chronic pain, 
that's part of being a neuromuscular dentist. And uh, I got reports from these people back in 2000 that they were feeling like they had more energy. They felt like they were stronger. They didn't have to feel like they needed to take a nap in the afternoon. They could do, seems like, more work than usual as a result of uh, treating and curing their TMJ. So I just sort of, I come from a from a sports background. My, my father was an exercise physiologist, one of the first in the country at Iowa State University. And so we spent a lot of time at all the football games because he had season tickets to every game and basketball and wrestling and all the sports. And so I just thought, well, if I can make Mrs. Jones stronger and uh, with digiologic job position, what would happen if I took the front line of the uh, Detroit Lions, who were 0-9 at the time, and uh, made them stronger? They'd get in, end up in the Super Bowl, and I'd be a genius. So I started testing it out, and uh, it's been tested frequently and always passes the test because it's a true body function body principle uh, that we just weren't able to quantify uh, previous to that and uh, now with newer instruments we can actually discover each person's physiologic job position and when you do that you get a 16.8 percent increase in strength and you drop the concussion rate down to 0.2 percent which is almost zero wow that's amazing that's that's truly remarkable and and it, it seemed like you've been at the, you've had this product now in, in service for a while. How many years exactly has it been? Well, uh, after the progression was, I, I started, uh, I should go back to 2003 when uh, I didn't know for sure uh, the science behind this, this discovery. Uh, I just knew that it, it did something good and there was a, a local well-known person here in Traverse City. He was the police chief and he was the fire chief as well. And his hobby was uh, bench pressing and he got on the USA uh, powerlifting team uh, and in the 65 and older category. And he ended up winning a national championship and lifted 398 pounds. And they wrote an article about him in the in the local paper and they put a picture in there, and he said in that article that he wanted to go to represent the United States to Prague, Czechoslovakia, and he wanted to break the world record. He never lifted more than 398 pounds, and the world record was 435 pounds, and he was his goal in that six-week period up to the, the uh, competition that he wanted to break that record. He was going to train for it. So I, being a dentist, saw his picture and saw how messed up his teeth were. So I called him up home and I said, I can get you your world record tonight. And that was out of sheer faith on my part. I didn't really have any evidence. I didn't really know uh, exactly how it worked. I just knew that my patients felt stronger and it must work on him too. So he uh, fortunately listened to me and came over and I made him a quick mouth guard, sent him off to his workout and he ended up getting up to 455 pounds and got scared because he thought he was going to get hurt and quit but he said he could do more he knew he could do more and so 
he did over the next six weeks. He got up to 525, went over to Prague, broke the world record, and held it for 10 years. So I knew at that time that this was a normal body function. It was a true principle, and I just needed to figure out how to prove it. And so um, I got contacted by uh, University of uh, Wayne State University. They have a they have a leading biomedical engineering department in their school. They work a lot with uh, Detroit car manufacturers and they study concussions and all kinds of things. And so they wanted to they wanted to compare this new technology to the 71 year old technology of a mouth guard. And they wanted to see how it compared. And, and uh, they did a study and actually presented it internationally as a new discovery. They showed a 16.8% increase in strength when you put your jaw in what we call the physiologic jaw position. And when they wrote that paper, I knew that uh, the principle was true, and so I sent in a patent for it. It took six years to be awarded to um, three countries, Mexico and Canada and the United States, in 2015. But I started selling it online in 2011 as a uh, way that people could buy this this product, follow the directions, and they could actually individually put their jaw in this physiologic jaw position and reap the benefits. And so uh, in 2011, it went for sale online uh, that anybody could, could uh, buy it. Now, uh, not hardly anybody knew about it, so that was that was the biggest challenge from then on. Uh, I was also studying concussions. Uh, there's two high school teams in uh, Traverse City, Michigan. I started them in eighth grade, and for six years I followed them uh, wearing the mouth guards. And of course, I made the mouth guards for them. And so, not only was uh, there was a strength increase. The Catholic school won five state championships in a row, and uh, my son's football team at the public school were undefeated in uh, the first three seasons, and then the next three seasons they were in the playoffs, but uh, neither team had a concussion, and that's what changed the whole game, made me take a right-hand turn, and I started collecting over the next 10 years uh, a study of uh, high school professional and uh, also uh, youth football, basketball, uh, hockey, all of these sports. I, I collected the uh, data information on concussions from their trainers. And uh, that's how we, we came to have this 0.2% concussion rate out of 5,500 athletes so far. So that's kind of been the prog- progression of how uh, this whole technology has kind of blossomed and come into to its own in 2021. Wow, it's a long story there. That's definitely a, a long journey you've been through to get to to where you're at. And the question I would have is that I know that it's, it's geared to younger athletes. Would it not work for somebody who is maybe like collegiate or NFL level? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm going to say my poster child for Power Plus Mouth Guard is uh, Kansas City Chiefs free safety Daniel Sorensen. 
when he left, uh, when he graduated from Brigham Young University, his wife was my brother's kid's babysitter. And so he gave Power Plus mouth guard to Daniel and said, you should wear this mouth guard. And he did and went to the Chiefs training camp. He was a non-drafted free agent practice player. And he quickly made it onto the special teams. Then he made it to playing nickel situations. And then they offered him a four million or sixteen million dollar contract, four years. And if you follow the NFL, you'll know about Daniel Sorensen because he's basically um, well. Last year he put Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl when they were on the ropes against Cleveland when the Cleveland running back was going for a touchdown and Daniel came across and and uh, hit him in the ear hole with his helmet. <laughs> and the guy fumbled out of the end zone and it was a touchback and that left Kansas City Chiefs uh, still ahead and ended up winning the game and into the Super Bowl. So he's uh, he's been playing in the NFL for eight years without a concussion, pretty safety. That's pretty much unheard of. So he's my uh, poster child. I've had several NFL players. All the quarterbacks of, of Michigan now are wearing power plus mouth guard. Uh, the whole team of uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham, has worn it for four years with no concussions. So, yeah, it it doesn't really have an age group. It has more to do with your own body's unique physiology, neurophysiology, and how your jaw fits together with the rest of your skull. Now, frankly, this has been really ignored over the years and that's uh, never even thought of when it comes to concussions. People think of more of the brain sloshing around inside your skull, which is uh, a common occurrence with concussions, but also uh, G-force applied, we find in in soldiers where they they get a blast and end up with a concussion and nothing touched them. It was just the energy from the blast. And we find this to be true when the jaw receives a certain amount of energy. It gets translated up to the brain. People end up with a concussion. If you want to look at a, a common example, Mike Tyson's signature punch was an uppercut to the jaw. And that's how he knocked out almost every one of his opponents. And so you can realize that uh, a great force to the jaw as it articulates with the rest of the skull. It's the only jaw that has two joints. It's the only bone that has two joints. And and uh, it's a free-floating bone that does not attach to the skull in any other way but ligaments and muscles. And so when you give that a blow uh, with a certain amount of energy, that energy gets translated to the skull unless you have a device that separates the the ball and socket just enough so that the energy doesn't transfer across that gap. This is something that uh, is a, a new discovery and it's really changing uh, mouth guards in every way because the mouth guards that we are used to and that are all over the market 
are all one size fits all for everyone, uh, even though all of us are different uh, when it comes to our jaw relationship to our skull. There isn't one person that's alike, and yet we keep wearing this 71-year-old technology designed in 1950, and we think that that's as good as it'll ever get. But of course, uh, we learn new things every day, and that is just antiquated. Uh, it, they're just really not protecting our athletes. And actually, you can take this technology, and, and uh, it, it's good for almost every sport because of the way the uh, neurology works to our muscles. So it branches out from not only contact sports to non-contact sports as well. Yeah, it is very different than for people who haven't seen it. It is very different of a mouth guard. It, you put it on the bottom tray as opposed to the top tray of your, your mouth. And that was actually a, a great point about Mike Tyson. Could this mouth guard be successful for somebody who is in, like, boxing to protect their front teeth? Absolutely. Uh, we ha- I have several boxers. Uh, Tremaine Williams is uh, one of the most notable. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I get this question all the time, and it, it just uh, – you just have to think about it. The mouth guard that we are all familiar with goes on the upper arch, and people always ask me, if you put the mouth guard on the lower arch, what's going to protect the upper teeth? And so I usually return the question because I want them to think about it. Well, if you put it on the upper arch, what are you going to use to protect the lower teeth? Because that's not what a a mouth guard was designed for. The only thing it was designed for in 1950 as a result of Life magazine writing a story about some Notre Dame players who were breaking their teeth, the American Dental Association came up with a mouth guard which – uh, would protect your teeth from banging together and fracturing your your cusps or your incisal edges or parts of your teeth would break off because you didn't have anything to distribute the forces. And so they came up with a mouth guard. And at the time, uh, the conventional thought in dentistry was the uh, upper arch was most important because that's the one you smile with, you know. So that's what they logically felt needed to have the most protection was your teeth so that they you could smile and not, you know, have a, a funny smile because you fractured your teeth. So that's why they came up with a mouth guard that went on the upper. The problems with that is uh, if, you're, if you've worn a mouth guard, you know that um, they're obstructive. You can't breathe with them. You can't talk with them because we talk uh, with our tongue as it touches the upper palate. So you put a big bulky piece of plastic in there, it's really difficult to talk. And these are all solved by this physiologic jaw position and a lower mouth guard because it goes under your tongue. And so you can speak normally, you breathe normally. Case Western did a study on lower mouth guards and showed a increased oxygen intake which is a performance-enhancing technique. The more oxygen you get, the more your your blood gets to the muscles, gives them energy, and uh, you perform better. You can uh, 
always run fast or jump higher, do everything you need to do if you have uh, high oxygen saturation as opposed to deprivation. So uh, this is why it's so important that we realize that uh, there's new technology out there coming out all the time, and it's high time after 71 years that we uh, improve mouth guards, and they are improved by uh, physiologic jaw position. And uh, the only mouth guard that can do that, and that's Power Plus mouth guards, the only one, it's the only one patented that can do that. And so uh, it's time to throw away all your old mouth guards and get a Power Plus mouth guard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I did see you had a uh, Kevin Harrington on the your website there, which led me to ask you: Have you maybe thought about? being on Shark Tank, or have you been on Shark Tank with this idea? Well, I turned him down because, uh, mainly because, you know, Kevin O'Leary, the first question he ever asked is, how much does it cost to make? And uh, I don't think that's really a question. And it is a, an entertainment show. So I don't think that really matters how much it costs to make. It matters what does it do for you. You know, you I can you can ask the same question like, well, how much does a concussion cost? You know, that costs a lifetime for some people. A lot of people. Uh, there was a figure, a study done about concussions, and uh, the result was that a concussion will cost over a lifetime a person. Uh, over a hundred thousand dollars in today's money uh, because of all the detrimental effects that a concussion takes on people's brains and so you know what would you pay to prevent yourself from from possibly having a concussion it, you'd pay anything it doesn't matter so uh, but but I didn't want uh, to get on there and say, well, you know, it only cost me this much money and, and uh, be perceived as, you know, uh, charging too much or whatever. So I, I said, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to lessen the, uh, the discovery. I don't want to put a bias in people's minds about, uh, you know, any profit being made on it because it is a business and that's the way it should be. But I just kind of... I decided no, that's not the direction I want to take, and I want to, I want to be more scientific, and so I, I've spent more uh, time speaking and and uh, grassroots. You know, the proof is in the pudding. Does it help you or doesn't it? And if it helps you, then it doesn't really matter what it costs because it really can take athletes who are are uh, being held back by their body and uh, open up a level that they've never performed at before and uh, reached a higher level uh, in their sport than they never, than they ever could with their job position uh, in a detrimental job position. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, it does. It definitely makes sense. You know, the, you know, having a concussion, avoiding that, it definitely is something that you want to do at all costs which I, I did have a question 
you have two different types, this the, the Power Plus mouth guard, and then there's the Power Plus Elite mouth guard. What is really the difference between the two? Um, the Power Plus, uh, when I when I got to the point where I knew that it was a, a true principle, I wanted every kid to be able to fit it at home. So I worked with some engineers, and we we came up with a way that anybody could take this technology and fit it in their kitchen, and uh, it would be 100% effective. And so uh, we came up with a, a affordable way to do that through injection molding and following a technique. Um, and it, it fits very comfortably, but uh, in that respect, you have to sort of make an appliance that is uh, that will fit all kinds of mouths. And so it had to be uh, one kind of a one uh, size type of mouth guard where you could add, add material or not add a material depending on what your bite was. But you could actually buy one and you could actually do it yourself. The Elite mouth guard is something that needs to have uh, – Impressions taken, they need to send them to me, and I need to make them. It takes about an hour and a half to make it. It's made on a pressure machine to a model of your jaws so that uh, it fits uh, snugly and tightly and very custom to your own personal dentition. And you uh, don't really need to do anything at home. It just comes back to you and it fits. It's very streamlined and uh, very custom to your own uh, job. So uh, that's, that's the two differences, and usually uh, those are made for uh, professional athletes, um, Olympic athletes, people who are in the high level of their sport, and they need something that is uh, super streamlined and custom for them. Boxers would fit in that category too. Uh, Anthony, something <laughs> special for a boxer MMA. Is they're used to wearing an upper, and, and they do have some issues of uh, their lips being cut by their teeth. So I have to adapt this technique and this this uh, jaw position with using an upper and a lower, very a very thin lower film that can fit over their teeth helps protect them from getting cut, but doesn't take away from the physiologic jaw position. That's a very specific custom thing that I need to do for MMA and boxing. Great. So what we can, can we do, Dr. Hudson, to support you in your journey to get Power Plus to everybody? Well, uh, that's the reason why I'm on your show, because uh, I want everybody within the sound of my voice to listen up and uh, realize that um, there's new technology every day and uh, nothing is ever perfect. Um, we're going to discover more things in the future and we need to embrace those things. And this is something that uh, needs to be changed. And I want every mother and father who have athletes in their families to listen to this technology because 
uh, a 0.2% concussion rate is almost zero. Whereas uh, the last 50 years, we've had a constant 20% concussion rate with all the helmets, the new helmets, all the, uh, the things that people are trying to do to reduce concussions, it stayed the same. And the only thing that was, was overlooked and was not done was to add physiologic job position, uh, frankly, because they didn't know about it. But they know about it now, and by doing that, we've actually been able to drop the concussion rate to almost zero. I think that was the missing link. So what you can do is uh, tell everybody that you know uh, they must go and look at Power Plus Mouth Guard, and they must put that on their child if their child is playing sports. Because you never know who's going to get a concussion. And I'll give you one example. There was a high school out in California called Corona Santiago, and they uh, did not want it. They had 190 players, and they did not want to buy 190 mouth guards. So they decided to buy 80 mouth guards, power plus mouth guards, and put them on their best players. And the other 80, sophomores and freshmen and other people who may have felt like they didn't want to do that, they got to use their own mouth guard they chose. And the, the results were astonishing because the, the ones that had power plus mouth guard, there was one concussion in that group. And in the other group, there were 16 concussions. So if you were a parent of one of those that didn't get the mouth guard, I think I'd, I would have been kind of upset that, that the coach chose my son to get a concussion and not let him have the better mouth guard. And that's, I think, where we're, where we're headed is that when more and more people find out that there's a safer mouth appliance out there, they're going to want their child to be protected. And so it's very important, and that's why I'm on your show, because I want everybody to know that there is a better way, and there's a proven way and a safer way. Absolutely. We're honored that you came on our show to tell us about Power Plus and MoffGuard, and it's truly an honor. In fact, let me let people, the listeners, know the website is powerplusmouthguard.com. Again, that's powerplusmouthguard.com. Right now they're having a special where you can get buy three of the mouth guards. You get one for free. So the fourth one is free. Buy three and get the fourth one free. And you can use discount code POWERUP2021 and get 10% off. POWERUP2021 and get 10% off. And we have Dr. Michael Hudson. You can also look at their website, too, on Facebook and Instagram. Follow them on all social media and Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And any other place they can contact you? That's uh, the best place to go is powerplusmouthguard.com. Give you all kinds of information. If you have a specific question for me, you can Email me at powerplusmouthguard at gmail.com, powerplusmouthguard at gmail.com. I'll be glad to answer any of your questions. I would love it if you could go to your athletic director and your school superintendent, point them in the right direction. Every sport can benefit from physiologic job position, 
I don't know if your listeners know, but uh, uh, every year, girls soccer and girls basketball battle it out for the number one concussion sport. Girls have a two times more chance of a concussion than boys because they have less of a neck strength structure. And uh, because power plus mouth guard increases your strength by 17%, 16.8%, it increases your neck muscle strength as well. So uh, this is imperative for everyone who plays sports. And so uh, please, I'm pleading with you, go check it out and make your daughter or son safer with physiologic job position. That's right. No, you know, your health is your wealth. So <laughs> be, be, be safe out there. <laughs> Get a Power Plus mouth guard on, on the website and uh, definitely powerplusmouthguard.com. And we will definitely post and share as much as we can to get the word out there so that Power Plus is continues to do successfully. And we wish you a lot of success, too, and, and definitely happy holidays to you, too, coming up soon, Hudson and Dr. Hudson, and and we really appreciate you being on our show tonight. Well, thanks for having me. It's always fun, and I uh, really enjoy talking with you and, and uh, all the people that listen to you, and um, you guys have a good night. You do the same. Thank you so much, Doctor. Take care. Bye. Take care. Have a great weekend. Over now. So we're going to go ahead and we have a call on the line. Let's take that caller. Hey, guys, I'm here. Hey, Lou. How are you? All right. How are you doing? (laughs) Sorry about the delay, but we had Dr. Hutchinson on the line. He wanted to make sure he let you know about the Power Plus mouth guard. How you been? Yeah, I've heard about that because we were discussing on another show, on a show I did last week. So, uh, I think I'm familiar with with your guest, actually. Okay. He, did you have him as a guest, or did you just hear about him? Yes, yes. I uh, we had him as a guest. Um, you know, I was. Uh, there's another show I do with um, two other guys from uh, from Florida, and we do a Thursday night show together. We had him. We had him um, on on the show, actually. Oh, that's fantastic! You know, that's yeah. definitely it's a small world there. That's getting the word the word out there. That's outstanding. And yeah, so, well, it's important because you know, it, you know, with all the concussions and everything going around, I mean, they need to get protected. No, you're absolutely right. That's why I definitely. And the mouth guard seems like it's a, you know, a very in, this new mouth guard seems like it's a very interesting invention. It, it is interesting it is. too that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say, you know, it seems interesting. He, he hit on a, a key topic there that I thought was very interesting. You, you look at how yes. for the last 70-plus years, the same technology for mouth guards has basically been used, obviously different materials huh. over the years, and the helmet has been the thing that everyone's gravitated to, which, you know, it certainly needs to be uh, updated, but it's the smaller thing. It's the, the mouth guard itself that is uh, evidently, from the research done anyways, the thing that's more – impactful it's almost like they forgot about that and you know, put all their yeah. focus in a different area and now here here is dr hutchinson who's got an opportunity to really you know have a corner on this market where it's going to potentially cut down that 
that rate of concussion. And what's been talked about the last five or ten years in the NFL, especially you get guys who are retiring at 27, 28 years old because they've had a concussion or two, and you know maybe their career never boils to the way it was intended to. Guys retire early. Then you get guys who end up with CTE and have all kinds of problems later on in life. Uh, junior sales when it comes to mind. So this is a, a, such a neat thing because it can maybe not cut it out completely, but it significantly diminishes the the possibility of concussions. I mean, there's no way to completely get rid of them, obviously, but this significantly lowers that risk almost down to what he was saying, almost to zero. So that's a, a pretty yeah. significant thing there. I mean, because it, it seems though it's more rapid now. Um than it has been in, you know, in previous years. It seems to be going, um, you know, upwards of concussions. I know because it's because the athletes are bigger and stronger, can do more damage or whatnot, but, you know, it seems like it's happened more and more in the last 10 to 20 years. Well, I think no, we've yeah, more right, to it now, too. Yeah, I think guys in the 80s, 70s and 80s probably had concussions a lot, just like we do now, but nobody paid attention to it. That was the era of... Macho man, you know you're you're dizzy, but you're still going to go out there and play. You're still going to you know do what you can. And you look, you look uh, what was it, ten years or so ago, you had a group of former NFL players that sued the league for knowing that stuff was going on and not doing anything to to not necessarily prevent it, but to make them aware of their risk as they were out there. So seeing these things come to the forefront, and then this option that's you know for especially the younger athletes. Because, look, you're not going to play at the higher level in the pros or even the high levels of college if you have a yeah. concussion when you're in, in middle school or high school. You're going to, no, no, no. You're going to be, you know, shied away from it. So I think it's a really big thing there to, to start off with those younger athletes and, you know, eventually work your way up. And there's a lot of money in dentistry, so I'm sure he's going to do very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean you started down, Kevin O'Leary, he said. <laughs> You didn't, you didn't disclose well, how much it cost, and yeah. I know right there that <laughs> I know that wouldn't fly over well with Kevin. But yeah, he's he's obviously knows what he's talking about. Yeah, but you know, you know if you're a hockey player, you definitely need a good dental plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, and, and docs are too. You, you know, I mean, you know, that's the thing, and it is a, it's an outstanding product. And you're right, people overlook the mouth, they always look at the headpiece, the helmet, and guys, you know, guys nowadays, like as Lou said, they're bigger and stronger, they're faster, they hit harder, and all you got to do is get hit, and the, the, just the impact, speed, it's physics, you know, because they you're are running hard, hard. yeah, that's right, you're running hard, and he's running just as hard to knock you out, or knock the ball loose, and you have, boom, there you go, I mean, I've seen so many vicious hits over the years that, you know, it's it's, it's a real yeah, serious yeah. thing. And yeah, it is. I mean, you gotta you gotta be safe and and definitely get a Power Plus mouth guard and support. And definitely, it's something that he brought up some great points. That two percent and I would be I would be like the doctor said, Doctor Hudson said, if I was one of the kids' fathers where I didn't have the mouth guard and got a concussion, I wouldn't be too happy about it either. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it happens, yeah. you know, in, in, in young kids' games now, you know, 
more so. Absolutely. Absolutely right. With concussion. So, you know, and my nephew did play football, you know, for uh, for a while. But uh he came down with a he came down with a condition that he's not able to play. It, it wasn't it wasn't related to football or anything, just uh, something happened. Well, sorry to hit that. But yeah, it's 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 definitely serious, you know. Concussions are serious and C T E is very serious too. You know, Junior Seattle as, as Aaron mentioned, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. You know, there's just it's it's a serious thing, so definitely, you know, all the listeners get a Power Plus Mop Guard, powerplusmopguard.com for sure. He has some special on there and great things. I wanted to get your advice, Lou, on the postseason. You've got the baseball season coming to a close. Yes. What are your thoughts on, on the teams that Tight have race rated? between Boston, New York, and Toronto for the, for the wild card spot. Anything can still happen yeah. mathematically, but I think the Yankees are going to take this. There's no way they're going to lose three to Tampa Bay at home. If they do, they'd be, you know that'd be that'd be a bit of big shock. I, you know, I think the Rays could beat the the Yanks three straight if they really want to. What I mean by that is, you know, being that they clinched, they got home field advantage, they locked that up. I, I just think that they may not have the mindset of coming in pro bono to go get them. But the Rays do have a better team than the Yankees. But I, I, I agree with you. I think the Yankees are going to find a way to, to get in there. What are, you, what are your thoughts, Aaron? Um, I mean, obviously, tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday, it's going to determine it. Um, I look at it from the Rays' perspective. You've already clinched the uh, AL East. You've clinched, I believe they've clinched home field advantage throughout the playoffs yeah. as well. They have the best record. So really, at this point, in my opinion, if I'm Kevin Cash, I'm managing just to not get anybody hurt. You want to keep everybody, uh, you know, polished and ready to go. But the last thing you want to do is put a guy out there, especially a, a key important player, have them get injured and miss either significant time in the playoffs or miss, you know, a, a key game in the series uh, that's coming up. So, um, as far as, uh, you know, that division is just incredible. Um, you know, Toronto is going to be a, a really hard team to beat in the next several years, especially if they get any more pitching. Baltimore, obviously, they've got a little ways to go before they're going to catch up. But, um, you know, I said this back in, I don't know, what, mid-July, late July. Give the Yankees some time, they'll figure it out. Now, as far as where they're going to go in the playoffs, that's anybody's guess at this point. I, I think head-to-head against Tampa – they're going to have some problems there. I don't know how they match up really too well against uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Um, but this has really been an intri- uh, intriguing last, I don't know, six weeks of the season. You've seen uh, St. Louis get so hot. They won 16 or 17 in a row. Atlanta's won six in a row. They've been really hot here lately. They just flipped the Phillies and won their fourth division in a row. Uh, Milwaukee's playing really great. I mean, look, look at the Dodgers. They've won 102 games, and they're not even leading their division. So, a lot it's of, too uh, close, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Can still, it, it can still end up being the Dodgers that win that. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens over the next uh, day, day and a half, two days uh, that'll make the ultimate determination there. Now, I know that you were critical about the Braves, you know, on our last show about them going far in the playoffs. Has your feelings changed? 
Well, I thought I thought they were going to be done by when uh, Alcuna was hurt, but uh, they managed yeah. to do well without him. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I, I've been on that train all year long. You know, you uh, you lost. I mean, look, you have to you have to go with what happens. You have to go with what the facts are. Mike Soroka, who is arguably your best starting pitcher, hasn't pitched in over a year now. We thought he had. I thought he'd be back by June at the latest. He ended up re-aggravating the same injury from last year, so he's out. When Acuna went down in was it late June, early July? At that point, I thought pick up the phone, sell the spare parts. We're all thinking that. Yeah, and and here's the thing. And, and again, guys, I've been watching this team for 30 years now, so I've seen almost everything there is. To right, see. right. This team, probably of all the teams I've watched in the past, reminded me the most of the 2004 team. Uh, that was uh, – they won 96 games that year. So a little bit better in terms of the overall outcome uh, with the regular season, but very similar in terms of where they were middle of the year. They were kind of a 500-ish team. looked like they were going to trade away a lot of their spare pieces, and then suddenly something happened in that last eight weeks of the season where they just took off. And here's the big thing. Outside of maybe some fans from the Nationals two years ago, you couldn't you couldn't uh, you could not have picked the Washington Nationals to have gotten hot when they did in 2019 and go through and beat the Dodgers, beat the uh, the car, you know the car, whoever else it was they beat, and of course beat the Astros in the World Series that year. So um, it's just one of those things where sometimes you get hot at the right time. St. Louis is hot right now. Atlanta's hot right now. Tampa Bay is hot right now. So there's a lot of good teams that are going into the playoffs, and I think that's really the thing you want to do. You don't want to be going in, you know, struggling because that typically has a carryover effect when you start playing in the playoffs. So uh, anything can happen. I mean, Milwaukee is a really solid club, too. Their pitching is very, very tricky to get past. And, you know, I think it's anybody's game. I think you could basically pull a name out of a hat and you'd probably be – you can make an argument for any team that you pull out of that hat. So, yeah, you made up some great points, and yeah. it's and you know I, I got to give our former guest that was on here, Tyler Redmond, some props because I got to post that video up. The game that they clinched, I saw him in the background. Oh yeah, yep. Did, I don't know if you saw that clip. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, uh, he was at the, I don't think I, I, don't think I did. Yeah, he was at the game, I believe, that was last evening. So, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I saw him in the background. I was like, oh, man, that's one of our four guests. And he was in the background taking video. So that's pretty neat. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And what's up with your Jets, Lou? What's going on with them? I wish I had an answer, but they seem to be doing worse than last year. Yeah, I just, that's that's a baffling thing. I I would be surprised. Last year, their team I felt was not wasn't that bad of a team. It just they had some unfortunate breaks. They couldn't. Their biggest thing they couldn't close out a game. But I thought the team yeah. was pretty decent. It wasn't as bad. I actually watched some of their games. I was like, team is not actually that bad. This year, it's like they weren't that good. You're right. I, I just don't. I just can't. My I never would have thought they would have started the season this poorly. Do you think they have any hope this season of making it at least a decent season? Well, I had hopes in the beginning of the season, but now it looks like uh, all hope is lost. Wow. Where, where is uh, 
as a Jets fan, and I, I obviously know that uh, the last several years are very, very rough. What, what is the silver lining? I mean, obviously you're not going to the playoffs this year, and I don't think to, to, to no. be honest, I don't think anybody expected that with a new quarterback, a new coach, a whole new no, regime, especially. Well, I expected what is the better. Silver lining? Yeah. I mean, I expected better than you know last year. I didn't think we could do any worse. I mean, you know, new coach, new quarterback, do everything. I thought we were going to you know be able to improve. But I don't see that happening this year now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just, you know, you, know, you just really don't want to start a season like that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And I no, actually like picked them to. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough way to start a season. It really is. Yeah. And I'll tell you, though, these, this crop of quarterbacks was supposed to be a very good class. Hasn't really shown much of anything. I agree. In fact, that's a great point you made, a fantastic point, Lou. I wanted to get both of you guys' opinion. What is your opinion about Trevor Lawrence so far at this point? What a bum. (laughs) What a bum. (laughs) But it comes as no surprise, really, because mostly – uh, you know, just because you're the number one draft pick does not mean you're going to be anything good. In fact, you're going to be, you know, more like a like a at the center of a joke for a trash dump. Because so far, that's what exactly what you've been. You know, you think, oh, no one draft pick. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna for this year. We're gonna go with the playoffs or anything. We're gonna get twelve wins twelve wins a season. Uh, no, so far your quarterback has hasn't done a thing. No, you know, I, I agree. All the, all the what do you hype that goes into when you get drafted number one, and this is what you get. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on it are that I was I was really surprised when I even watched last night's game that they didn't really have Trevor do many passes. If you look at it, they were having him do running the same play, either handing off to the running back or faking yeah. and run. It's like the same Florida, you know, state offense, same thing. University of Florida, I should say, offense. Well, Alan, the, the thing is that, you know, the thing is, though, it's Jacksonville, and Jacksonville is, is just as bad as the Jets, in fact, even worse. I mean, they have, they have now lost 19 straight games. So, I mean, Jacksonville, you know, is a dumping ground in the NFL, to be honest with you. But it's now going from bad to worse. I mean, the only other team that's done worse than that is the Tampa Bay Bucks, and they came in the league in 1976. But if this continues, I think they're going to break that record. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, the thing. Sorry to say. I, I think that there's a lot of similarities to this Jacksonville team to the 1998 Indianapolis Colts in terms of you play, you drafted the number one player in the draft. Yeah. You've got a team that hasn't been good for a while. And let's face it, other yeah. than I think it was three three years ago, the Jaguars were a win away from the Yeah, they were powerhouse. And, and they were, yeah, they, I mean, and then things unfortunately tanked for them again. Here is what Urban Meyer's offense is going to need. And I don't know all the the prospects for next year's draft. But you look at what really changed uh, Peyton Manning in his trajectory in Indianapolis in his early days. When they drafted Edger and James, you need a stud running back. If you can get a stud running back in there, Trevor Lawrence makes his wide receivers better. He did that in college. He did a great job there at Clemson. 
So I think he'll do well there. If you can balance that offense out and get a stud running back, obviously the defense needs work too. There's no question about that. But if you can get a stud running back, by year three this should be a playoff team, no question. So there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of work to be done there. I just hope for Jacksonville's sake that the fire that they're walking through right now, because they're, they're going to – I wouldn't be shocked if they lost 13, 14, maybe yeah. 15 games this year. I just hope Urban Meyer is patient enough to see through the process because that's going to be ultimately the key right there. They're paying him a lot of money, like $10 million a year, $12 million a year, whatever it is, to, to come there. He's putting his legacy on the line in a lot of ways because he's obviously been – one of the greatest college coaches in history uh, over the last 20 years. And now, you know, you, you put it all out there as, you know, a coach at the NFL level, which is a lot harder to do. Um, I personally think that as long as he is willing to work through this, get to that third year, they can kind of turn the page, turn the corner a little bit. And look, in that division that you're in, Look at the other teams that are there. I mean, look at look where Indianapolis is at right now. They're not playing very well. So, Houston is kind of so-so. They're they're mediocre. I'd say they're a little bit less than middle of the road. And then really, it's it's the Titans. I mean, so it's not like you're in a division where you've got three other powerhouses in there. Um, I think they could turn this thing around pretty quickly, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they could turn it around. I do think some of this blame, believe it or not, is – a good part of it is is on Urban because, to me, watching a game, it was very basic offense. You know, that's one thing about the NFL. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again, even if it is successful. And I just felt like it was just the same run, RPO, run or pass. It was basically handing off to the quarterback, handing off to the running back, or Trevor Lawrence was going to run. That was it. There was nothing – once in a while, he'll do occasional pass, and they didn't trust him enough. You could tell they didn't trust Trevor enough to throw a ball on third down. They were going to basically hopefully get it on the run, either him running it or the running back running it. But I think this team needs to at least get the monkey off the back and win a game and go from there. They need to break that streak Yeah, more, more than anything. Who is the best in your, your your guys' minds? Who is the best uh, winless team so far this year? That's a great question. How can you say I'm the best team when they're all winless? <laughs> well, I'm saying, I mean, think, think about it this way. Uh, I, you look at the undefeated teams right now. you got the, the Panthers. Uh, you've got the – let's see here. I'm going down the list. So the Panthers, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Broncos – and the Raiders, so the five teams I just counted off there, they're all undefeated. So there's yeah. got to be one of those five teams that's not as good as their record indicates, and there's also going to be somebody who's un, uh, who has not won a game this year that is better than their 0-3 or 0-4 record indicates. I, I would have two answers for that. I think out of those teams, the team that you'd have to fear the most is the Rams. The Rams look very, very good, yeah. very solid. Yeah. And I would have to say that not only that, the Rams are trying to do what the Bucks did last year, and they're trying mm-hmm. to win the Super Bowl in SoFi so Stadium, being, you know, in their stadium. They're trying to do what the Bucks did, basically. I could tell right off the bat that's their goal. They're like, hey, the Bucks did it. We need to do it. And I'd have to say the Rams right now are the best team right now in the league. I'd have to say that is very clear. Defense and offense. 
And I would have to say the Jaguars. I don't think the ja- I think the Jaguars are the best of the undefeated. To answer your question, I don't think they're as bad as a their record shows. I thought they played really well for the first half, but it was what happened in the second half. The team made adjustments. You were doing the same thing over and over again, and it was successful. But they figured it out and they made their adjustments at halftime, and that's why they didn't do as well in the second half. But I did think they did pretty good, at least yeah. for one half. And I did question that move that Urban did make, not taking the field goal and going up 17 versus going for the knockout blow for the feet, the touchdown, and you end up with no points. That was a really big momentum swing right there. Yeah, swing for some, and for the others was, you know, the backbreaker. Yeah, I mean that 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 to me, I, I think some and of this also had nothing to go had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would add seventeen nothing, which is yeah, a, that's three scores. Well, and but, sometimes yeah, you go I, for the you go for the jugular too early. Uh, that can really come back to bite you. And obviously in this game it did because look, they lost by three points. You take that three points there, this game probably goes to overtime. And no loss. You never knows what ha- I never know what happens there. And it's psychologically, uh, for them to be down 17 nothing, I, I think really is an impact. Like, man, we, we're down three scores. But the fact that you, they stopped them on the goal line was a huge momentum swing. For, you know, it was a huge momentum swing for the Bengals. And that, that, to me, made a big difference, too. But, yeah. And since we're talking about Super Bowl, <laughs> I'm glad Lewis is with us. I don't know if it's your type of music, but what did you think about the the guys that, that are going to perform and females some for the I halftime show? Some I go for, some I don't. Okay. So some of them you're okay with, some of them you're not. I like Mary J. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I don't like Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Mary J. So she's going to be part of the group. I'm excited about the, the guys that they have performing. I just really hope and pray that they keep it clean. They don't mess it up because. Oh, I'm sure there's going to be a slip up somewhere on that. Yeah, that's the part that well, scares me because. The, it's got to make the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake incident seem like, <laughs> seem like nursery school. <laughs> <laughs> that's the part I'm scared about because they may not give us another opportunity to perform for another this whole Stone Age or something. So I just that's what I'm hoping that they at least don't have a slip up. I, I'm like with right. you, Lou. I think there is gonna be a slip up, at least one, possibly two. But I think it'll be entertaining at least. And I wanted to get your opinion on that too, Aaron. Do you think we should I don't know if you listen to country music, do you think we should have a country singer in the future? Well, I think I think if you go by the historical uh, standard of it, um, you know, you have a different type of show every year. Um, you know, I can think, to be honest with you, the best halftime Super Bowl show I can think of, there's two of them actually, uh, in the last 15, 20 years. Um, you had Tom Petty uh, back in 2007, 2008. And then the one that really, really was, I think, the best one ever was Prince in 2007. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. Incredible. In the rain too. Um, in the in rain. In the rain too, and did purple rain in the rain. In the rain. I mean, how about that? If it's gonna be a show, make it somebody who's still alive. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is obviously when they were when they were past their prime and still. I mean, still somewhat relevant. No, no. I mean, because like yeah. you did you did a hologram show after Prince was after Prince passed away. I mean, yes, it's a great tribute to honor the man who's a genius, but at the same time, like you know, I think it would have been better. Well, Prince Prince you know, did actually perform. I think you they did do a tribute one. But he actually performed, like you said, in 2007, oh, which, that's is, right. which yeah, was a yeah. magnificent one, which was a magnificent show. And he did perform it in the rain, which is dangerous, with an electric guitar. And, and yeah, that he was performed in Miami. that song, Purple <laughs> yeah. Rain. Yeah. So that, to me, was just a magical performance. That, to me, like you said, is number one. I think Bruno Mars did an amazing job when he did his. And there's been some very, very I'm good not performances. Bruno Mars at all. <laughs> but th- that was a question you that know, people he had was from the police, a country you know. singer. I'm sorry, guys. He did steal a song from the police. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't know. To answer your original question, though, Alan, um, you know, I'm sure there'll be a year in the future where they have, you know, a country artist. I I could have sworn that. Um, what is the former American Idol contestant's name? Carrie Underwood. I'm pretty sure she did a halftime show once. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you're going to have a, a rock band that will do it one year. You'll have, like, what they're going to have this year, um, you know, past their prime uh, rappers, you know. I mean, that's just <laughs> hip-hop artists, <laughs> people, who were, people who were popular well, 20, I mean, 30 years ago. Well, I mean, you know, it's so. hard to say that. I mean, they can still I think, perform. I mean, you know, Mary J is my age, so and she, still, she can still do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. They're. They might be not a mega time, but they can still perform. Snoop, I seen. Actually, remember what Snoop. I told you on our show. Snoop performed about six, seven songs during that Thriller boxing fight, and he did an amazing job. Yeah. That was actually the highlight of the show. Was his performance? I mean, that guy can perform, and he's going to be one of the guys on the stage too with Dr. Dre. So yes, they're old in age, but them guys, when they get on the stage, they can they know what they're doing. There's there's no doubt about it. Eminem, Dr. Dre, you're talking about like the best of best. What about Queen Latifah? And I, I mean, yeah, Queen Latifah. I mean, they're old in age, but they are made and built hey, watch to perform. It. <laughs> they, they 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 can they know how to move the crowd. I mean, I saw the interview yeah. with Dr. Dre and Snoop. And Dr. Dre was really pumped up, and he, he even said, "You guys are gonna be really amazed." So he he, I'm really excited about this halftime show. I think more excited than than since Prince. So I'm excited about it. But yeah, I I guess the question with the country singer, I'm not into country music. I do listen to all types of music, with the exception yeah. of country music. I'm not a I'm not a big country music fan. There is Kenny Rogers. There is a couple of songs on there, country grammar, that I would listen to that country, but yeah. I'm not a big country music guy. And I listen to all you know, types of music, You know, in the 90s, they were, trying to get, they were trying to experiment with, both, with rap and uh, country, but, uh, you know, it, it didn't go with that well. And as the joke <laughs> yeah. says, I like country and rap, but together they call that... Country grammar, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, no, no. Country and rap, what do they call it? I, you're gonna be saying, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. I'm yeah. Gonna, 
you're going to say it. Yeah. Together, they call it together. It's called crap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Crap. I'm, I'm waiting personally. Was. I'm waiting for the Metallica halftime show. I think that would be amazing. So. And they did say that. That was the two two biggest criticisms I've seen was, okay, when are we going to get a country singer? And Metallica was the second. Do you think, would you be excited if they had Metallica? Absolutely. I mean, those guys so have been I. around for 35 years. Um, you know, they, I think the thing, and, and if you look at these artists that are playing here uh, this next Super Bowl, the intriguing factor, I think, is, we talked about them being older. Well, they, they stretch back, you know, previous generations. So it's, you're, you're getting um, marketing really towards the, the older and even the younger generations. Cause people look at these, these individuals and they say, look, the, the people who are popular now got their sound from Dr. Dre or from Snoop Dogg or from um, Eminem or whomever. So I think that same thing with, you know, a band like Metallica, it goes back into the mid eighties. You know, there's a lot of bands that got their sound or got their style or listened to them growing up, and it would be the same kind of thing there to where, you know, you're kind of bridging these different generations that listen to these different different styles of music. Wow, that's a great point. You're absolutely right. And they, these are guys that are originators, and I know the football players are excited about it too. I mean, these the most of these, the guys in the girl, marriage, they know these the people. So Eminem, you know, he's not that old now, <laughs> you know, he's going to be on the team. So I know the players are excited about it too, the NFL players. And I'm telling you, the Rams, the Bucks, and all teams on the league got to watch out for the Rams because I'm telling you, the Rams want to do what the, what the Bucks did and win in their home stadium. And that's what they want to do because everybody's going to be there in California for that Super Bowl. I can, I can guarantee you that. With that type of lineup of halftime performers, you can almost mark it on your calendar that almost any celebrity that anybody will show up to that that Super Bowl game. Yeah, yeah, especially with it being in Los Angeles um, <laughs> or Irvine, however you want to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lou, what do you got cooking for your show? We got the baseball. We got the last of the uh, regular season baseball. Um, college football, college football, and uh, NFL. I'll recap the Ryder Cup. We'll preview the NHL uh, season coming up. Uh, also, some uh, WNBA players to uh, discuss. So, if you got time on uh, tomorrow between five and seven, give the show a call. Five one two five four three four six six two between five and seven East Coast time. That's right. Enhanced Sports Show with a great. Great guy, Lou, 512-543-4662, 512-43-4662. It's Saturday between 5 and 7 Eastern Standard Time Zone. And definitely call in and support him. you got to make sure you do that. I did miss last week. I did apologize about that. And this weekend, I just thought about it. I won't be able to make this weekend calling only because it's my birthday weekend and my wife told me for sure do not make any plans after 5 o'clock because she's taking me out tomorrow. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I won't be able to 
call in myself, but you guys, make sure you call in and support all the listeners to Lou. He's got a fantastic show, the Enhanced Sports Show, 512-543-4662, 5 to 7 Eastern Standard Time Zone. And, yes, it, it is my birthday weekend. That's the only reason why I won't be able to make it. You know, my better half is taking taking me out tomorrow, which is always a nice thing. <laughs> so, yeah, make sure you guys call and support Lou. Anything else you got going on, Lou? Uh, no, it's just about it. I mean, that's all I can fit in for a, for a, a two-hour show. Yeah, that's a lot. That's right. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a, that's a, it is a lot. That's a jam-packed show. Should be a great show for for you. Yes. And 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 I'm gonna do my best to call in next weekend. Okay. All right. In the meantime, you be safe out there, and stay warm. Yes. Everybody else too. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Lou. We really appreciate you. You're a legend. You're welcome. All right. So the famous Lou on our program here tonight. Definitely happy to have him on again. And then, of course, uh, thank you to Dr. Hutchison for spending some time here going over uh, the uh, information about the really excellent uh, Power Plus mouth guard. We talked about that before. I find that very, very, um, very interesting. Obviously, those are things that as you get older, you kind of start paying more attention to the, the things that are, are helpful, especially in a sports capacity. So, uh, Alan, I know that uh, obviously we are – Week four of the NFL season, hard to believe we've already been almost a month into the year. Um, we're going to go ahead and go through our picks. We'll go through a little bit of the Major League Baseball stuff. We talked obviously already rather about the halftime performance for the Super Bowl this year. I'm going to go right down the list here of the NFL. Uh, first thing I want to say, though, is uh, right now the standings overall, you have a one-game lead. You are 29 and – 19 and i believe i am 28 and 20 on the season i got you last week though with uh with an 11 win week and i believe you were nine and let's see here no i'm sorry you were 10 and six so almost almost yeah, you, uh almost got me but i got you by that one game there so <laughs> yeah you picked um, the game that's a, you had a yeah, very good very had, good had, week had to so. have a good week there and you know it had it been for the uh had it not been for the Eagles uh, not playing very well on Monday Night Football, I would have actually uh, tied you uh, with um, with everything going on. It was a really crazy week. So going right down the list here, um, just pulling everything up here uh, for you today. Um, obviously, we saw the Bengals come back. Yep. That's what good football teams do. They win games even when they're losing. And they came back and won. And I, I, I like the Bengals now. I think they you certainly look at them in that – Division, yeah, Cleveland's probably the best team there overall. Um, Cincinnati might be able to make a run here. I got a young team. You got a great receiving core for sure. Probably one of the better young ones in the NFL. And Joe Burrow's health is probably the biggest thing. And they come back and win that game uh, on Thursday night. Yeah, and they, 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 you're right. They have a very good team. I was impressed. They running back, Mixon can really run. He's a strong run. I know he didn't play towards the end. He, he, he seemed like he tweaked something. It didn't seem like it was so serious. But they got a great team. The Bengals, actually, I was impressed the way that they they were really – their defense was letting up some yards, and they were been 
before the game one of the best defensive teams, and they were kind of struggling to figure out the Jaguars. But come halftime, they did, and, you know, I was impressed. It looked like a solid team, the Bengals, all the way around. Yeah, no, I agree 100% there. Um, I'm going to go right down the list here. Uh, Last week, there was only three games in which you and I didn't have the same teams uh, picked here. And I think this week it's only four. Let me make sure that's correct. Yeah, four, four, only four games that we, four, didn't yep. the same, that we didn't have the same picks on. But we're going right down the list here. I think that the uh, Washington Football Club, they're probably one of the better one and two teams out there right now. Atlanta is kind of off at this point. They're, they're kind of trying to find their identity. Got a young receiver in there uh, from Florida. He traded away one of the best receivers in the NFL uh, to the Titans over the offseason. Got a veteran quarterback, got a new head coach. There's a lot of a lot of mixture there. I just feel like Washington's got the better team. So I have Washington, you have them as well. Um, the Texans, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, same thing. The, the Texans are kind of without an identity, new coach, quarterback situation's kind of up in the air. Um, they're playing at Buffalo. This is actually one of the ones that I had as a lock pick. I have the Bills, and I believe that was who you had as well. I do. I do have the Bills. You know, the Texans, as you mentioned, is a team that, you know, I, I think they could have been a different story if they would have had the Deshaun Watson thing settled during the off season. You kind of starting off the season backpedaling. Bills are not a team to be playing with backpedaling, and I think the Bills are going to win this game. Yeah, I'm right there with you, and I have it again as uh, one of my lock picks, and then one of my other my other lock pick was the Bengals. So thankfully they held on uh, on uh, on Thursday night football last season. It was <laughs> yeah. Certainly crucial because the Jaguars, I picked them as an upset pick in weeks one and week week two, and they didn't do me so well, of course. So it would have been a bad thing to pick against them and then have them actually win. Um, this next one is the first of the four games that we don't agree on. It's the 0-3 Lions going to play the 1-2 Bears. Now, I have the Lions as an upset pick uh, in this uh, in this game going on the road to Chicago. And here's the thing. Of the 0-3 or 0-4 teams right now, I actually think Detroit's a lot better than their record indicates. They've had some pretty sizable leads in some of these games. I mean, they had the – they had the Raiders on the ropes. They had the the Ravens on the ropes each of these last two weeks. And they even had the Packers uh, in halftime. So they've had a lead in every game they've played this year, unfortunately blown it in the second half. So it's just filling those holes out on defense. But they're playing pretty decent football, uh, a lot better than their record indicates. So I have them finally getting off the, uh, off the schneid here and winning their first game on Sunday in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, definitely the, you got a, some great points. I just think – from what I've seen in, you know, in history, when a team goes down 0-3, guys seem to just let up the gas a little bit. They start to have a mental letdown. They don't usually – they miss some tackles. They don't play as hard. The Bears are actually a pretty good team. They Their record doesn't show it as much. But I just think that they're going to be able to hold on and get a close win against the Bears. They usually play the Lions pretty well, and I just think – they'll be able to edge them out in a very, very close game. Yeah, I think it'll definitely be a close game. If it comes down to a field goal, then the Bears probably will win. Uh, just the uh, history of what the lines have happened to them in the first three weeks yeah. of the season. Um, we both agree on the Panthers and the Cowboys. I, I, I think the Panthers, one of the most intriguing teams this year, to be 3-0, and 
going to Dallas. I think that the Cowboys certainly are a much better team, much improved team, but I just feel like there's something dynamic about that Panthers offense going to allow them to go into Dallas and, and win. Um, another 0-3 team in the, next, uh, in the next game here, the Colts, who are probably really better than their 0-3 record, and then the Dolphins, who have been disappointing at 1-2, and but I have Miami, and I think you do as well, uh, winning that game. Yeah, I, I do have Miami winning the game. I, I think their defense is a little underrated. I know they start off a slow start. They, their quarterback got hurt, but I just think that they're going to step up defensively. I can see them making a couple of big plays to help out their team, and I got the Dolphins winning that game. Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, a game. I think that the Dolphins will win, actually, um, pretty confidently there. So, and you got the uh, the Browns. They're two and one. They're going on the road to Minnesota. Got their first win this past week. I, I have the Browns winning that one. Then you got the Giants, who are zero and three, and they are as bad as their zero and three record indicates. They are as bad as uh, almost as bad as the Jets are, if that's even possible. They're going on the road to uh, to play the Saints in New Orleans. I've got the Saints winning that game. Um, Titans at the Jets. It's hard to pick the the New York teams right now, other than Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, I've got the Titans, of course. I think the Titans may actually dominate that game. I mean, their their defense is pretty solid. They've got some pretty pretty good uh, things going offensively as well. Decent running game. Jets just look lost at this point. It's really hard to see them um, really doing much of anything. You, you talked about how you get on a, a roll when you're zero and three or zero and two or whatever to start the season, it's really hard to pick it up from there, especially against a quality quality opponent. You know, Tennessee's a pretty good team. So um, next one's a pretty intriguing game, too. You get the battle of one and two teams. The Chiefs just dropped the ball against the Chargers. Uh, they almost were – they almost looked a little bit too, too confident in that game uh, Sunday against uh, L.A., and they're going on the road now to play the Eagles, who are also one and two. I just can't foresee the the Chiefs, you know, back to back Super Bowl appearances. I cannot see them starting the year one and three. I, I really and here's the big thing too. You've got Andy Reid, and hopefully he's healthy. Andy Reid going back to Philadelphia, and I'm not sure if this is the first time he's done this, but going back to where he had so much success for 15 years as a head coach, that's got to be a big thing for him to go back there and, you know, take them to task. Yeah, I agree, and and the Chiefs. I agree with you. I don't. I don't see them going down one three. They, you know, but defenses have figured something out to double Tyreek and let the other guys beat you. So far, that formula has been pretty pretty good, and Mahomes hasn't gotten hot yet. So I, I definitely think that beating the Eagles will not be an easy task. The Eagles actually do have a very good team, but I just think they're. I just cannot bet against the Chiefs winning, not winning this game because of who they are, their coach, and who they have on their team. So I agree with you. I have the Chiefs winning a very close game against the Eagles. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a close game. I think if you look at how Philadelphia played on, on Monday Night Football, um, that should have been a closer game between the Eagles and the, the Cowboys. And I, I just think that right now, I think Jalen Hurts is the future in Philadelphia unless they make a trade for Sean Watson or, you know, some other quarterback here between now and the end of the year or going into next season, this is Jalen Hurts' job to lose at this point. And 
keep in mind, Philadelphia fired a pretty popular Super Bowl winning head coach this past offseason. That was a little bit of a shocker, probably one of the bigger surprise uh, moves that was made. So I really feel like he is their future. I just don't think he's figured it out yet. And that offense is not really, in my opinion, put together quite the way that they should be. So based on especially the performance the other night against Dallas, I just see this being a, a lot. I think Philadelphia, uh, for uh, Kansas City, rather, I think they're going to come in. I think they're going to put up 40-plus uh, points and, uh, and really put a hurting on the, the Eagles and their fans there. Um, this is probably the biggest matchup of the weekend, this one coming up here. Actually, one of, one of two of the biggest matches. Battle of two 3-0 and teams. This is one of the games we disagree on. I love the Cardinals. I love that running quarterback, Kyler Murray. A lot of different offensive styles in this game. Obviously, the Rams uh, were in the Super Bowl just a couple of years back. You've got the Rams. I've got the Cardinals. I think it's going to be a close game. I agree. This is one of the toughest picks. They're both very, very solid teams. And, you know, I don't – maybe I have some bias in this. I don't want the Rams to actually do what the Bucks did and win a Super Bowl in their, in their house. I love the fact that the Bucks was the only team and the first team to do that. But I just see the Rams, and they beat the Bucks. Not so much just that. It's just their their team is solid all the way around. They have very, very good offense. Now with Stafford, it's like a totally different team. They're like a juggernaut offensively. And not only that, their defense is stellar with Jalen Ramsey. You got Mr. 99, Madden 99, Donaldson. It's just, it's just a solid team, well-coached team. I just think the Rams are going to find a way to win the game. He neutralized, he's going to neutralize. Jalen Rams is going to neutralize Hopkins as best he can. So I just have the Rams winning a very, very tough and close game. Yeah, I think this is going to be a good game for sure. And then uh, the the one right after this is uh, Seattle going on the road to play the 49ers in uh, in San Francisco. Uh, a one and two team versus a two and one team. I've got San Francisco winning that one. I think you picked uh, Seattle. This is kind of a toss-up. I mean, you got 49ers coming off blowing a late lead against the Packers uh, this past Sunday night. The Seahawks don't want to fall to one and three. Obviously, they uh, you know have playoff hopes this year. So, uh, I got the 49ers winning this game. It's going to be a close matchup, I believe, but I, I have San Francisco. Yeah, it's just going to be a close matchup. I really picked Seattle because Russell traditionally does well against the 49ers. And I just think it's going to come down to quarterback play. I know Russell does not want to go down 1-3. So I have him and the Seahawks winning a very close game against the 49ers. A very good game, too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, looking at the next uh, next game, I, I said this before. I don't think Denver is as good as a 3-0 record. You've got the Ravens, who've got a little bit more experience. I actually picked uh, – Pick the Ravens uh, as one of my uh, upset picks uh, going into Denver, going into Mile High. I've got them, uh, got them knocking the Broncos uh, off here on Sunday. We're both on the same page there. This next game is a big one. I think this might be the year, and this may be the slow undoing, if you will, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers going to Green Bay. They are one and two. Packers are two and one, coming off a big momentum-changing uh, late win against the 49ers uh, this past Sunday night. 
Green Bay, I think, is going to win this game. It might be close, but I think this is going to be a really good uh, good game for Green Bay to really establish themselves early on as as a, a big contender in the NFC. No, I agree. I got the Packers winning this game. The Steelers have been actually very disappointing for this year to start. Ben hasn't really gotten it to Juju, his receivers, haven't got the running game. They haven't find, figured out their identity, so they've been very disappointed collectively as a team. I got the Packers. They're, they're hot right now, and I, I know that Aaron wants to go up 3-1. That just sounds so good to be 3-1. So I got the Packers winning, winning this game too. Yeah, yeah, being three and one, especially in a division that really, I mean, you look at the Bears, you look at the Vikings, and you look at the Lions. It's really a weak division in a lot of ways. So, three and one versus possibly three other teams that are one and three uh, is is a certainly a huge uh, huge advantage to have a two game lead that early in the season. Um, the biggest storyline of this week, obviously the biggest matchup is the Cardinals and the Rams because they're two 3-0 and teams. But the biggest storyline in the NFL this Sunday night is Tom Brady's return to New England to play the Patriots, to play against uh, Bill Belichick, against a team he played for for almost 20 years. He won six Super Bowl titles with out of the nine he played in. Um, I mean, this goes back to, and I know you remember this too because you're couple years older than I am. This this goes back to when Joe Montana played the 49ers when he was with the Chiefs the first time. Uh, This goes back to, you know, Michael Jordan playing for the Wizards going to, you know, going to Chicago to play the Bulls. Um, It's something that's a rarity to see. And the Buccaneers are in a much, much better position than the Patriots are. I think the Patriots are going to make this a good game, but both of us picked Tampa Bay to win this game, and I think the Bucks have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after their performance against the Rams this past week. No, I agree. I agree with you. And I definitely think the Bucks have a chip on their shoulder because of that performance against the Rams. They kind of got handled pretty well against the Rams. And on top of that, I think the Bucks have a chip on their shoulder because they lost, and they really need to win this game. They, they cannot really afford to go 2-2 in, in the division they're in. And they need to go ahead and get back on the, on the horse. They signed. They went ahead and signed Richard Sherman. Big sign. I agree that they, they made the right move. The second day was hurting them. I got the Buccaneers winning. I just want to pray that Tom Brady is, is healthy. I did see his press conference. He did look, like, pretty sick. And I just hope he, he, gets, he gets well for this game. He was very hoarse. And I don't know if you haven't seen the the little clip of the press conference. He did. I mean, he did look sickly. So I'm hoping he recuperates and gets well for the game. But I got, I got the Bucks winning the game. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm right there with you on that. Uh, obviously, uh, hopefully, he is of course uh, healthy. That's the first time I've heard of that being something that's going on for him. So uh, then another intriguing matchup: two teams that uh, recently moved to. New cities and the new stadiums here. You got the finally hot team in the in the Las Vegas Raiders. They are three and zero. They're going on the road to Los Angeles to play the uh, the Chargers, who are two and one. And Chargers are coming off a big momentum win against the Chiefs. Um, we picked uh, opposite on this one. I have the the Chargers actually winning this game on 
uh, on uh, on Monday night. It's actually one of my upset picks. Actually, is the Chargers here on uh, on Monday evening? What are your uh, What are your thoughts on that game? It's going to be a very good game. The Raiders are off to a very good start. And they, the thing about the Raiders is that um, they're clicking on all cylinders. They beat some very good teams to be 3-0 and at this point. I think it's going to be a very tough game. The Chargers are a very good team. But I just feel as if that high that they're on right now, I don't think it's going to get taken down with the Chargers. I just think I, I have the Raiders winning this game, a very close game. But I just think that they're getting their running back back. Josh Jacobs, their number one running back, he'll be healthy and and ready to go against the Raiders. And I think that's going to be a little bit too much for the for the Chargers to deal with. And that's the reason why I got the Raiders winning the game. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game for sure. Um, you know, the the Chargers, you know, they're probably one of the early season surprises right now with the way they're playing, um, which is a good thing. Obviously, they've building for this this is kind of a tough tough division i mean you look 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 at the division they're in you got the raiders who are right there you got the the broncos who are also three and oh and then the the chiefs are one and two and that that's they're at the bottom of the list right now so um you know a big a big opportunity for them to win a game and keep themselves in that conversation because if they lose this game if they fall to two and two you know, you're you're putting yourself at the bottom half of that division here early on, and that's not going to be an easy thing to to you know move forward with. I don't think either one of the other two teams is going to go undefeated for sure, but it certainly it's probably one of the better divisions of football right now. If you think about it that way. Yeah, it is. You're absolutely right. Very strong division, and you know, it just goes to show you that you know one year can make a big difference in the NFL. You got to keep winning games because somebody's always <laughs> nipping at your your back. And someone's always trying to bring you down. And the Buccaneers, they, that's clearly the case. You got the Rams trying to trying to do what the Buccaneers did and win in their home stadium, the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, we're we're looking good here with the NFL. Obviously, there's some big college games on uh, tap tomorrow. Uh, you got uh, number one Alabama playing, uh, I believe they're 13th uh, ranked Ole Miss. Uh, the storyline in that game is uh, Lane Kiffin, who was the offensive coordinator for uh, Nick Saban and Alabama here just a few years back, facing his former coach, facing his former team. Um, I'd love to see an upset pulled here. I think it's certainly a doable thing. It probably won't happen, but uh, it's always good to go for the underdog here in this case. And then, obviously, this is the uh, final weekend of the Major League Baseball season. We uh, talked about that before. Playoff races are pretty much already set. Uh, obviously, there's some formalities that will happen either tonight, tomorrow, or Sunday that will confirm who is in and who's playing who. Um, really going to have a lot of fun. I think this is going to be a gauntlet of a playoff. I think any any team, as I mentioned before, you could take the 10 teams that are going to get in, put them in a hat, and pull out a name, and you could make an argument for any of the 10 teams that are in the playoffs why they have a a real shot at winning the World Series. No, you're absolutely right. It's going to be a very tough, you know, definitely postseason for teams to win. I definitely agree with you. You want to, you want to come in hot, and that's the thing about the playoffs. You got to be hot and ride that wave. And uh, the team that plays pitching, timely hitting, and defense, like just like uh, David Justice said, those three things are very important in postseason: pitching, 
defense and timely hitting. And that's what you got to do to win. I, I definitely think it's going to be a great postseason. I think uh, the team, which I want to get your – ask you this question, Aaron. Now that the Houston made it, what are your thoughts about their team now? Well, I mean, I've said this since this whole controversy started, what, two years ago. Until every single player who was a part of that is no longer a part of that team, I'm going to root against them. (laughs) And that's going to be hard (laughs) to do because, you know, there's sometimes they might be playing a team I don't care for. I don't like I don't like blatant cheating. I mean, cheating goes on every day. Uh, I think that's that's probably pretty common in sports. You're always looking for an upper hand, so there's no question that that occurs. But these guys blatantly did it. They got away with it. The league refused basically to suspend them or do anything to them. So I look at it this way now. You know, I, I want to see somebody else. I almost want to see the, the Astros come so close kind of like they did two years ago in the World Series, and then lose at the end just to kind of spite them a little bit. That's kind of the way I feel about where their organization is right now. And they've got a great organization overall, don't get me wrong. Um, but I will say this, the poetic justice here for the Astros is Dusty Baker is the all-time best bad postseason manager. He has had bad luck everywhere he's ever been. Let me go through his career timeline in in 1993 his first year as a big league manager he took the Giants to 103 wins and they didn't win their division and they didn't make the playoffs Atlanta won 104 that year fast forward to 2002 the Giants are five outs with a five-run lead from winning the World Series against the the Angels and that was in game six of the World Series that year they blow that lead late, they lose game six, they lose game seven, and they lose. And that was his last game after 10 years with the Giants. He goes to the Cubs the next year, and everybody's talking about the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs were they were a pretty good team in 2003. They had great pitching. Um, Sammy Sosa was still popular there. Um, a lot of other big pieces, big part of their offense. And the Cubs, and I remember this, it's coming up on the 18th anniversary of this happening, Game six, I believe it was. No, I believe it was game five, rather. They had a, a big lead against the, the Marlins. And the whole Steve Bartman thing happened. They lose game six, game seven. The rest is, of course, history. And they never recover. He goes to the Reds a couple of years later and manages and gets them to the playoffs. They fall apart. He does the same thing with, uh, <laughs> with the Nationals a few years ago. And he's the only manager that's ever taken five different teams to a division title. So that's a very impressive thing to, to say there. But he, he just can't seem to get it done in the playoffs. And even last year, you know, the Astros were down three games to none. They came back and tied the series, and they lost in the seventh game. Um, the poetic justice here is this. You know, the, 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 the Astros, they deserve to be booed. They, they deserve to be, you know, um, you know, given a little bit more grief than what some people are saying they should get for cheating, for winning a World Series and cheating in, in order to get there. Um, certainly, uh, I think a lot of people agree there. And I went to a game earlier this year where I was booing them over in Tampa. So, um, you know, my hope is that until every single one of those players was a part of that team in, what was it, 2017, 2018, until all of them are gone, I'm, 
I'm not going to have any real way to support them at all. Yeah, I agree with you. Definitely, it's not fun to have people cheat. It's just it's not cool at all. And I agree with you on that, uh, Dusty Baker. I, I think he's a great regular season manager, probably be in the Hall of Fame. But during the postseason, it just it falls apart for him. He'll get you to the show, but once he gets you to the show, that's about it. You know, the the band stops playing. And it's just he hasn't done well in the postseason, but he's definitely going to win some regular season games. I agree with you. I, I just don't like cheaters with, with Houston, too. I just it's a disappointing because those, those guys can really play some baseball. And that's the thing about cheaters is that a lot of times that frustrates you with cheaters is they're the people who usually don't need to cheat. You know, mm. Houston got a very good team. You don't need to cheat. Would it be tougher for you? Yes, but you probably – would have a good shot of winning if you didn't cheat. Same thing with Aaron Arod. We talked about him. You would have. You have Hall of Fame talent. Just stay the course, and it's just not good enough. So they, they, you know, they find a way to beat the system, or at least allegedly try to beat the system, and it never works out that way. Just do what you need to do, and you'll be successful. And I agree with you. I, I just don't see. Just the, the Houston going too deep in the playoffs, but I I think it is pretty remarkable that they did make it. Yeah, that's a tough division too. I mean, look, uh, there's a couple teams out there in the AL West that can be really um, happy to build off what they did in 2021. Mainly, the Seattle Mariners. I mean, this is a team that's been out of the, they haven't been to the playoffs since 2001. I mean, 20 years since that team was in the postseason. And I think they've won – they might win 90 games this year. I think they're 89 wins right now. So they may very well get to 90 wins. And, I mean, that's a pretty big accomplishment right there to build off of. So, you know, if you're – for the Astros, your window with the current group that you have there is pretty close to being not necessarily done where they can't win, but now you've got all these other teams that are chasing you out. Keep in mind, Oakland's in that division too. Oakland always puts out a good product. Angels are going to probably get better. I hope they would anyways. And then, of course, uh, you've got the uh, the Rangers who are still kind of behind the eight ball a little bit. But, um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of talent, and everybody's gunning for that same team. So, No, you're right about that. And there can only be one team that's going to advance. So I definitely think it's going to be an interesting postseason. I'm curious to see how this plays itself out. I really do. I'm really excited to see how players get it. And quickly, who do you think gets the MVP? Um, I'm going to go in the National League. I'll tell you what, last couple nights, all they were talking about on Fox and on MLB Network and anywhere else was Bryce Harper. Here's my thing. If Bryce Harper was the MVP in the National League, I'm sorry, Philadelphia would have been in the playoffs. I'm not saying a a non – a non-playoff team can, can – I'm not saying an MVP cannot come from a non-playoff team. It's happened before. Larry Walker did it in 97. Mike Trout's done it several times over the years with the Angels. But here's the thing. If you're really that valuable, then why is your club six games out of the playoffs and you're eliminated already? That's one question. You're, I'm not saying that Bryce Harper's not valuable. Don't get me wrong. You take him away from that team, and they're certainly not as good as they are. But, again – if you're as valuable as everybody's talking you up, you should be 
having that champagne shower in the clubhouse and celebrating by going to the playoffs, and you're not doing that. So I, I honestly am a little bit biased on this, but I think that the season that Austin Riley had in Atlanta, uh, playing solid defense, first of all, that's a hard position to play. I played third base growing up. The hot corner is not an easy place to play. You got to be quick. You got to have uh, you know soft hands. You got to be able to react very quickly. It's almost like playing goalie in hockey. You got to be that quick, uh, left or right, or to you know charge a ball. He's played solid defense, Gold Glove caliber defense, and then he's actually had one of the best seasons of any third baseman in baseball offensively. Over 300 average, over 30 homers, over 100 RBIs. I think you take him away from that team, and they're not in the playoffs. So. A little bit of bias there in the American League. There's a couple of guys I think you can make an argument for, but I think, and we talked about it a minute ago, not being on a playoff team is something that's a rare thing to happen. I gravitate towards Shohei Otani, and the only reason I say that is because this guy went out and played the difficulty of pitching, first of all, in the American League against a lineup that has one extra hitter with a DH. And then he goes out and hits 45 home runs. I mean, we haven't had a two-way player this good since Babe Ruth, so I think that right there alone makes him the, the MVP in the American League. And you can make some arguments for a few other guys. There, there's there's a handful of guys around the rest of the league that you could say, hey, this guy or that guy had a, a great season. But I, I just feel like that right there, the fact that he had a season on both the offensive and the defensive side of things, that's going to be what makes him the MVP in the American League regardless of whether the Angels made the playoffs or not. Yeah, I mean, that's some great picks you got there. And you made some great points. You know, I, I definitely think of if Fernando's team would have made the playoffs, Fernando Tatis, I think he would have probably got it as a shoe-in. But it's a lot different. The game changes when you don't make the playoffs or you don't help your team make it. So I'm with you. I think you have to at least – it's been done where they don't give it to the team who made it, but – it's got to be pretty clear-cut otherwise. But I agree with you on those picks the way they stand. Yeah, no, it's a very, very solid, I uh, think, in both places. And, you know, in the National League, there's some other guys that I think could uh, could certainly um, come into play. But I, I just, again, a little bit biased. I, I just feel like take Austin Riley away from Atlanta, and they're not in the position that they're in. So that's uh, you know, certainly a big one there. What else do we have here tonight? I just wanted to definitely tell top rank boxing thank you for allowing us to be in the press conference this week. The big Tyson Fury and Wilder fight. And uh, definitely it should be a great fight that's coming up on October 9th. Guys, check it out and support the fight. I will let you know my prediction as the fight gets closer. So that's going to be next, next, uh, next week. It's going to be next Saturday. So Tyson Fury versus Wilder 3. I you know, wanted to tell Top Rank, thank you again for letting us in the press conference. We really appreciate it. But outside of that, that's that's uh, all I have for today. Perfect. And just want to let our uh, listeners know that uh, next week uh, we will actually be off. Uh, Alan and I are actually going to be out in uh, Lakeland uh, at, a, uh, at a high school football game. I wanted to get out there and um, catch some of the gridiron Friday night action under the Friday night lights. Uh, it'll definitely be fun. I haven't been to a high school football game, Alan, in probably close to 15 years. Um, so it'll 
certainly be exciting. It's always a good time to be able to see some of the local teams play. Yeah, definitely support the local team. It's It's been a long time for me to be at a high school football game, so it would be great to get into the, the bright lights too. I Definitely looking forward to it. All right, and we want so, to thank, again, uh, our uh, guest, uh, of course, uh, Lou, who we always hear from every week. And then, of course, as we talked about before, our special guest, Dr. Michael Hutchison with uh, Power Plus Mouth Guard. We thank him for spending some time here on his Friday night uh, on our program. want to thank our listeners as well. If you missed any portion of our show tonight or just want to hear everything again, uh, of course, you can listen to us uh, on replay on iHeartRadio. I want to thank Alan again tonight for, uh, for this great show, and everyone have a terrific evening. Thank you for listening to the Evan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. Subscribe and check out us on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.